0: You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter.
1: Hi, welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 9, episode 40. Uh, I'm John, and we've got John on as well. How are you doing?
2: Yeah, good. Um, just enjoying the four walls. But... Four walls <laughs> in <eating> prison? <laughs> no, the house. Oh, it feels oh, like prison. Just <laughs> get, get four walls in the house. How many walls do you have? Uh, well, each room's
1: got like, the walls, but then you can kind of, you can go about, go in different rooms and all that type of thing, you know? Go for a treat. Uh, obviously that's getting all the lockdown. You're getting tonight, Ernie. <laughs> Aye, well...
2: <laughs> lockdown you can make it interesting have a wee bar crawl yeah. go have a drink in each room and all that type of thing uh, you know nah, nah, to be fair we have been doing um, back garden football um, that's about as much football as we're getting just now aye so, yep. Who, who's winning you're the boy oh the boy easy easy aye yeah and I can't even say I'm pretending <laughs> <laughs> that's a good sign aye get, get, him, get him playing every day make, make a bit
1: of money when he's older aye, uh, so at the moment um, Chris is not joining us but we hope he might come on later we'll see what happens um, bake, I don't even think he's going to excuse a bake-off on just now I don't know in are falling asleep. unless he's watching uh, reruns on Netflix it, it could be it could be watching maybe the updates on coronavirus as well I mean that could be send him to sleep as well but um, we are lucky enough to be joined by our returning guest um, which I was going to check, checking back, how long ago was he on, thinking it was like a month or so ago, was that something like two weeks ago, yeah. um, <laughs> in the what was it, toilet roll shutdown or something like that, I think we had, so yeah, yeah we've got another podcaster uh, from Football CFB, I'm pleased to get him back, Callum, how you doing?
0: I'm doing very well, it's a pleasure to be back guys, I really enjoyed it last time and looking forward to this tonight.
2: It's nice. yeah, so weak because we want to take your black book off you so we can get the contacts.
1: Sure it be a blue and white sight book?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but what I mean, It's actually quite sad. It's a, it's, a, it's a burgundy book,
2: I'm afraid. Very boring. Burgundy book. D- did Morton at one point have a burgundy strip? I think they had a really dark red one at one point. Well, there was the, obviously, the few of the Tartan kind of strips over the years and the
0: last tartan one which was um, in place last season was kind of dark reddish burgundy-esque.
2: Maybe that's what I remember. You've had some decent tops in the past. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I think the, 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 the Tartan one from the 90s is the most iconic strip, I think. And they brought it back in 2004-05, if I've got my, my timeline right, and it was brilliant in, in Rule 405, but the 90s one's absolutely brilliant. There's a guy, Chris McNulty, who's from Greenock, and he collects, he's got basically like every talk since Morton were founded, and he put up a picture the other day of his kits, and the one from the 90s, The both of them, both Tartan strips from the 90s, are just absolutely brilliant. Like right, your favourite ship. I think so, I think it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I'd love to get people to actually get one, but sadly, <laughs> this trip was out when I was either not born yet or just born. It was, I think it was 94, 95, so um, absolutely iconic, brilliant.
1: Yeah, that makes me feel old, because I was trying to think earlier, you know, oh, I had Carl and, and I was thinking, mate, right, how long ago was Derek McInnes that morning? And then I'm thinking, oh, that was a season, the season, 94, 95. I think he left 95, McInnes.
2: So yeah, and I
1: was in I, I, I a late high school at
2: that point yeah I think I was second year high school in 95 um, so yeah that's, that definitely takes you back <laughs> um, that's when Cotton Eye Joe was top of the charts Cotton, Cotton Eye who, who, right, Joe Co, right. who, who's Cotton Eye Joe <laughs> no I know no, I do know don't worry Redneck <laughs> but,
1: uh, I think we've spoken we before relevant. about favourite strips haven't we Favourite Aberdeen kits. I can't did remember. Scotland.
2: Scotland, we did before, Scotland but... remember. Yeah, the Scotland one we've done we a couple of times. Um but yeah, I can't remember to we'll probably end up talking about that at some point anyway. I mean she um... seems
1: in the pictures of you. Mind you an old Aberdeen kits. Yes. <laughs> or every weekend his Twitter's getting all the different pictures about memories as a fan and Seen
2: players and all that yes. thing, type of thing so uh, you're, you're just That's Sun Hats as well Yes, oh, the Sun Hats magic um, Yeah, that was my first Aberdeen uh, my first game at Pitt-Audrey, um nearly 30 years ago that shows how long ago it was um, and we beat Havs 2-0 and I think I had the old tracks the, the Umbro tracks um, that was navy blue that was just tremendous um, they should bring that back as a retro um, but um, I don't see that happening anytime soon but yeah I like I had my JVC kit underneath and meeting all the players that day was just tremendous that was all the selection that I put into Twitter a...
1: the JVC with a button collar yes aye that's my favourite that was my first Wolverine Cup Top. Mm-hmm. and it price probably what well, I would say my favourite
2: yeah they brought that as a retro but it sold out pretty aye. quickly
1: aye they did because I had it on my Christmas list one year and then was disappointed not to receive it from the Mrs I was mm-hmm. like how did you not get that bit she was too slow the uptake
2: yeah but there was a couple of Aberdeen kits that were available in uh, the raffle that we had at the weekend um, so Sunday should have been uh, the Aberdeen Celtic back and say chariot match which we also had to um, postpone and it was such a glorious day in Sunday um, that you just thought oh this would have been perfect for the game but for obvious reasons it wasn't to be but we had um, we did the raffle, I was had a great wee assistant, um, my five-year-old son Callum, who was just Aye, so entertaining. Um, he's
1: doing the Scottish Cup, drawing that season. The campaign starts here now. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Callum and Rod Stewart, there we go. Yes. Maybe we not the best influence. Maybe <laughs> we not the best influence, maybe, for Callum, but uh, <laughs> I, think I think Callum would keep him in check anyway. But we think he would nickname uh, Rod. He's
2: going to the sean the sheep one was hilarious Uh, the ironic thing about that is um not only is sean my boss um but sean's also a welshman um so it was very apt (laughs) (laughs) and sean took it in good spirits um, as i thought he would um so yeah i'll look forward to catching up with my boss tomorrow (laughs) when i go back to work
1: but I know, it was, like, it was great, I enjoyed watching it, I was like, I kept on saying, say, yeah, come on, when's the draw, when's the draw, get it going, get it going, Um I yeah, you did a great job, and I'm astonished at the amount of money we've managed to raise considering we never managed to host a game, um, so everyone at all that's donated, just massive thanks, um, from us and obviously on behalf of back on side, um, and we want to say thanks as well obviously to everyone that's donated prizes as well and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just that tremendous. At the moment, with um, a £765 pound, people can still donate if they want. Um, obviously, there's not the raffle prizes to be won, um, but it would help uh, back on side a lot as well in terms of them having kind of cancelled events recently as well due to the, the current situation. So, anything at all, if you want to date, the links on our Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, hi. Thank you. That's basically all we kind of want to say there. And we've got Carla yeah. back inside and basta
0: yeah, being um, back inside means a lot to me, as as you guys know, and obviously there's been some really good press coverage recently of what we're trying to do. Um, I did a podcast with, with Graham Wilson last week talking about his mental health journey yeah. and, and how back on sides helped him, and obviously I, I speak probably, I would say, daily with Libby just about um, the help she's given people and the, the stories that and the people that she's been able to help in, in the last week alone are just absolutely inspiring. and We just need as much support as we can get. And yeah. Anyone listening, I would echo what you guys have said. Please donate if you possibly can. Um, Scottish Football Forums, you guys have done an incredible job supporting us in what we're trying to achieve. The game would have been an absolute joy, but the key words you used, it's important to say, is postponed. We will get that game, we'll get yeah. a game, and we'll be able to really celebrate it arguably more than maybe weather would have normally, because now we've got a sense of perspective, all of us, that we, we now realise the things we maybe naturally took for granted, going to the football, playing a, playing a match. These are the sort of things now that we, would, we can, it feels as if we can only dream of doing. So when it yeah. gets back on, I think a lot of people mm-hmm. will support it. I'll certainly be supporting it in and, yeah. and anything I can do to, to help with um, fundraising or anything, I'm, I'm I'm more than happy to do. So thank you for everything you guys have done. It really is greatly appreciated by Libby, myself, everyone out mm-hmm. back inside. It really does mean a lot to us. Thank
2: you. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I've spoken to Libby obviously a couple of times um, arranging this event. I mean, she's just an absolute trooper. Um, she she's got a phone on 24 seven. She's answering calls in the middle of the night uh, for people who are like um, really their wits end and tra- and she's talking them out um, and getting them the help with with they can. I mean she she's almost a one man band. So it's good that she's getting more amb- um more ambassadors and patrons on board to hopefully try and help her um, because it's a charity that doesn't get any government funding, doesn't um, get any um, help from you know some of the football and um, other sorts of bodies. Thankfully, there's been more. Um, publicity going towards it recently. Like I seen the Daily Record had an article, um BBC Scott Mullen who I know personally, um good guy. Um he put in a brilliant piece on the BBC website. Um so it's good that it's good that they're getting the exposure because at this point back inside are probably needed almost more than any than than ever. Absolutely. Um, because of the, the current situation because people can't go about doing daily living. It's gonna have a knock on effect to those who are at Um Crisis, and that's the, the word that they use. So, no, Libby has been, she's been tremendous, and the more help that um, she and the charity she can get to help the charity out even further, the better. And well, Calm, you've pretty much put your name forward to be in the committee next time that we arrange this game.
0: <laughs> well, as I say, any help I can give them, I'm, I'm all than happy to. And again, it's probably not something that would interest you, but I'd love to play at some point as well because. I need to get myself in a bit better shape at the moment, which I'm trying to do, I think, with this lockdown as we she are in the country.
2: country.
0: <laughs> you, need to get, you need to get on to PE with Joe. That's the secret. Well, yes. that's the thing. It's been spot on. Obviously, as you know, I'm a primary school teacher and to be honest with you, see when this all goes back to normal, I think I'm just going to put his video on and let him do my PE lessons for me because they're absolutely brilliant. Aye, <laughs> ah, they're
1: superb. I think we were talking before we started the podcast and I, I've been Spider-Man, I've been Thor, but I've been... I think I've been a kangaroo, I've been all sorts this week. I think it was originally designed obviously for kids, but um, the whole nation's getting involved and even a further of you Just have seen people from Argentina, China, all continents getting involved as well. He's a likeable guy, he comes across likeable, uh, yeah. even as well when his wee kid comes on and joins in and different things like that and the wee shout outs. Um, it's fantastic and I think as well, I'd recommend it for anyone. I spoke last week a wee bit about kind of the line of work I do as well what what of work with people that are vulnerable and suffering from mental health as well so I've been recommending it to them as well um, get involved do some kind of physical activity because it's difficult I mean, you know it's like uh, quite often then you want to do everything else apart from do a bit of physical activity but especially just now when you're limited in terms of how much you can get out uh, um, aye get, get on get on with it because other, other than that you're only going like, to the supermarket and uh, that's about the highlight line of the week
2: yeah I mean, um, you could still go, you know, much, as you say, supermarkets, one thing. I mean, one thing that um, we as a family have been doing is we've, we've taken a walk um, pretty much around our block. We've walked past the park without going into the park because obviously you're not allowed to um, go into playgrounds, etc. But, you know, we've been keeping our distance. But, um, so it's important to keep up as much exercise as you can. Um, but one thing that people need to stop doing, I mean, that... That story about all those cars queuing up to go to Strathclyde Park on Sunday, I, mean, I get, I get that people want to go because technically you can still walk in a park, um, but it should be your local park. It shouldn't be like getting in a car and dry, just driving to Strathclyde Park. Just ah, yeah, stay at home. Stay at home. Aye,
1: yeah. ah, you're putting other folk at risk. And think about it from this point of view: How would you like it if someone was risking members of your family's lives? Yeah. And that might seem harsh, but that's what you're doing. Um, so I, uh, it's and the, the stockpiling situation is still happening in the supermarkets. Fortnite we'll get a grip on that as well. Uh, if everyone just shops normally, then we'll be fine. Uh,
2: but I know. but it's, it's awful. Um, Carol, just going back to back on sides. Um, how did you, how did that come about? You being asked to be an ambassador, and just give me your initial thoughts when. Libby asked you that question if you wanted to be an ambassador for the charity.
0: So basically, um obviously I started Football CFB in January. Um it was going quite well. Libby and back on side followed me on Twitter and um basically got in touch and basically had a phone call and and Lubby was just saying, Look, we're back on side I'm, as you mentioned earlier, John, I'm I'm a, a bit like a one man band in the sense that I'm doing an awful lot I'm working all the time and Basically, if you get any ideas that could maybe help get the message out there, and I said to her, I mean, um, I've never openly spoken about my, my own mental health journey other than with very close friends, family members, etc. I said, but no, I'll, I can, I'll do whatever I can to help. And, and she said, Would you like to be an ambassador going forward? And and I said, Absolutely. It's, it's something that you asked me how I felt, when she asked, I, I felt, I felt um, absolutely privileged and honoured. And I'm just a regular guy from Greenock who full-time teacher the dream is to work in sports media but to be asked to be an ambassador of such an incredible inspiring charity i never ever thought something that would would come my way never mind after a couple of months of cfb so i was absolutely delighted to be asked and I, i thought when i was asked um the reaction was very good from from workmates family and friends and it was at that point where libby never never asked me to share my mental health story she she understood the challenges i'd suffered but um, I, I decided to myself, I thought, if I'm going to be an ambassador for back on side, if I'm going to try and promote positive mental health, as hard as it is to, to open up personally, you guys know that yourselves, I thought, mm-hmm. I need to do it. I need to tell my story about how hard it was for me, the support I had to seek and um, get my story out there. And, and I put it out there. And to be fair, the reaction was was unbelievable. Um, It was something that did, did, as I say, have its challenges. It was something I was worried about putting out there because you never know how people are going to react. But having put it out there, the support I've had has been incredible. I'm in a great place mentally now. But as I say, last year I went through really the the toughest few months of my life. And and if I can help one person um, with mental health, then, then that's something that I want to do. I've had five emails in the last week. Um, from people who are really struggling and, and I've phoned them personally just to talk football um, and basically speaking about football has been great and one of the people um, who contacted me was really struggling because they're also a carer and um, they just said they felt useless, the fact they can't go about their normal business and and I said to them, look if you ever want to write a piece for the CFB website or, or do you ever want to contribute or I can help you, give you a creative output and let me know. And to be fair to the person who did, I put their article out on the CFB website and, and the person had said it's really helped give them something to focus on and get up for in the morning, which was very emotional hearing that because I know how tough it is myself when you're going through a mental battle. And just to reiterate, if I can help in any way, I know you guys are the same, then don't hesitate to get in contact because it's important that people know they're never alone and that they're all going to have help and back on side can do that you guys are doing it I'm doing it and I hope people out there who listen to this know that if you need help please come forward
1: I oh, definitely I think we've spoken before in terms of health and mental health and obviously people are missing that just now in terms of they've no option of being able to go to football and it's pretty limited even better watch football on TV and just the support you get from going to a game and you if you've had a bad week or a, no, a great week, you can go to football and just let it all out. You forget about it. Ball goes in the back end there and it's euphoria. Everything else is forgotten about. Um, I think I've explained it before. Some goals you see when it's almost like an orgasmic feeling. I've <laughs> <laughs> it a wee bit far, but. but uh, aye, so. No. Aye, it's good to hear that people are getting help in the need as well, and that's the key thing and there's good out what's to get that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, you, you spoke about, we touched on briefly about all the events. I mean, Cancel, I mean, just what, from what you know, what are the challenges that are facing the charity right now?
0: The main challenges at the moment um, is funding, as you know, and... Um, the, the the charity ball that was going to be in Glasgow mm-hmm. was was sadly cancelled and um, that was going to be an incredible event for the charity. Stan Collingwood was coming up to talk about his mental health journey, something that was oh. going to hopefully inspire others. Um, I think you know your match was cancelled as well. There was a back on side. Yeah match against um, I think it was a Tayside eleven that was going to be played mm. um, and I and, and was a game actually to yeah. be fair Libby actually asked me to play in which was unbelievable and um, I was looking forward to that from a, a personal point of view and from a point of view from the charity it's something that, that um, was going to be very successful I know there was an agreed um, place the game was going to um, take part in but there was also um, a proposal that if there was significant interest in the game, that one of the senior clubs in Scotland was going to allow use of the stadium for the game, and that's something that would have been absolutely incredible, so the challenge is finance and I know at this time, there's lots of people out there struggling, whether that's with pay cuts, whether that's with losing their job particularly freelancers, one of my pals is a chef and he was told at the start of this look, your job is no longer required because the events we were catering for are gone and I know it's hard and, and it's terrible what's going on out there. But if you are in a position where you can donate one pound, two pound, any, any anything at all, no matter how little, how how big you can you can donate, please donate to back on side because it costs a lot of money to to give people one to one counselling, and and it's something that is helping a lot of people. Having spoken to Graham, I know you've spoken to Graham yourselves, mm-hmm. guys, and his stories are totally inspiring because he was someone who. He admits he was an alcoholic, he was struggling with life through getting that one-to-one counselling. His life has changed now, he's a patron of back on side, he's on the right track, he's loving life. And not to say life doesn't have its challenges for him and for many mental health sufferers like myself, but but definitely, basically, if you can donate anything to help save lives, um, just please do. And again, I'll repeat what I've said, I'm not on here preaching that oh give us all the money you've got because i know you need money for your, your family yeah. and for shopping but if you can spare a pound or five pounds then it would be greatly appreciated
2: yeah i think that was the thing that overwhelmed me when we saw the, the um the totals as john said um, we're on 756 Amazing. at the moment um which is just incredible given that when i put out uh, the first video um and i Absolutely hate doing these videos, um, by the way, but they just needed to be done. I think we were at 186 at that point, and the game had been cancelled a couple of days earlier. And to get um, up to just short of £800 in that was, period of time is incredible, given that, as you mentioned, people are starting to, um, you know, it's testing times, especially for um, self employed people, um, you know, because their businesses are all cut, etc. Um, so for people to, to come round. And, and put money in it's just amazing um, and we're back on site. obviously uh, with mental health it's also a big thing um, and yeah we, we will we'll be back in touch with Broadwood as soon as the, the game was postponed we, um, at Broadwood we said we'll talk again once things calm down and open up and we'll get a, a date in place when that'll be I don't know if it'll be six months a year we'll maybe chat more about that after offline um, but we will get a game back on at some point and we'll we'll try and make it an even bigger event than what this year was going to be Absolutely, it's, it's
0: great to hear and as I said to you, when, whenever the event is, if I can help in any way whether that's promoting the event, being there on the day and recording or playing or whatever you need me to do,
2: just don't hesitate to reach out. If I can help in any way, I absolutely will. That'd be great because um, the other two have been useless um, I'm a and we'll look kidding John. And Chris, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's uh, uh, alright, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah my, my life circumstances are changing late in the year um, with another another one on the way but nah we'll, um, I'll make time to try and make this even better You've been the mentor this year for Chris
1: and me because obviously you had experience of doing one before for the beating, um so you've experience, good contacts and that whereas Chris and you are learning the trade learning the ropes so we'll be we'll be,
2: we'll be better
1: yeah do more next time Aye we'll we get there
2: Aye I can't resist the wee dig though, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, you're fine, you're
2: fine. Uh, you you, you be week, fair, got a raffle prize, which you won.
1: <laughs> aye, which is aye. I'm, I, I'm obviously going to give it away. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that yeah. no, was good. My brother-in-law, I was, get him. I was checking to make sure, because there were some anonymous donations, I was like checking with people that I knew had said they were going to donate. It was like, just let me know, did, did you deny and all that and they were sending me the receipts for just giving and all that type of thing, so when he found out we had won the retro Celtic top, he was delighted um, so he's really pleased, I've not told him yet that hopefully at some point we should be able to get it signed by the guys that were going to play for Celtic um, mm-hmm. but aye he was over the moon yeah. with that.
2: Yeah and obviously guys that uh, were going to play um, this year will give them first option um, I think it's that's, that's not going to be a case of um, you know that We'll see who else is out there. No, the 5 the x ex-Pros that were playing for Celtic, 5 x ex-Pros that were playing for Aberdeen, they will get first refused on this game.
1: I definitely, I and they've been, a, they've been a great support. So we had Jamie on last week. It, it was brilliant, kind of, talking to him, listening to him, in again, just like we've had Phil on, just a normal, regular guy, good bit of banter and stuff like that. Um, spoke really well, and, and he enjoyed it as well. He said, "Does Tim's coming back on?" Phil was brilliant. Um, I know we've got the, the manager
2: lined up as well in a few weeks. Yeah, well, the Garner's um gaff, or as I call him, gaffer, um, is coming yeah. on in a couple of weeks, um, and <laughs> Paul Lawson um, is on the week after. So, very busy month for um, the podcast, which is great. Aye.
1: Um, so, and we're continued looking, like, you know, looking for guests. We're trying to make it fresh for you. Can- Fresh for us as well. We we enjoy having the guests on, um, hearing our stories and, and putting them to the test, which we'll be doing with you, Callum, as well. So don't you think you'll get away from <laughs> it because I know you've spoken about how it can be tricky giving the questions. You're going to be answering the questions tonight. So <laughs> oh, The boots on the other foot.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and and trust me, John always comes up with a belt that he doesn't need <laughs> to prepare folk, folk for, which I, uh, Jamie struggled with it. Phil struggled with it. So... I could just go into that just now.
2: Maybe. Well, I've I've got a twist in that. Oh you got a twist? Yes. Um oh, I'm right, i, I, mean, I, I remember to ask it now since you've set me up for it, right? So Cal you like doing your um best best of livings. Uh, you've obviously had um, some of the guests that have had on recently give their best of living of their li- lifetime. The easy thing we'd be asking you to do um, would be naming a best Morton team from your lifetime, but I'm going to twist this yeah. even more. Name a best, uh, from your podcast that you've done from January up till now, <laughs> name an 11 from your podcast. <laughs> and you can put Brown right. and goal if you want. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's right. Oh, so you're, oh,
0: you're, that is tough. You're going to get me into trouble now, aren't you? I, <laughs> yes. Now, <I, I, laughs> Now, can I include people that I, 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 I've recorded but haven't published yet? Because I'm going to need a goalkeeper. You can, <laughs> aye. Yep.
1: aye. So, in go goal on.
0: is going to be Jonathan Gold, former Celtic.
1: Celtic player, aye.
0: Um, Right. Let me see. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go back three. I'm going to go Alan Stubbs at the back. Um, <laughs> alongside Alan Stubbs it's going to be John Sitton former Chelsea defender in Millwall oh,
1: and yes.
0: Willie Miller as well
1: oh, there's a captain yeah. so they would be the back three <laughs> did you see that he did an 11 of himself and he said obviously I'm going to be in it yes. I like that <laughs> most people don't put it themselves he was like ah, I'm
2: in it he did the same from his uh, Aberdeen greatest um, team faith 20 years, I still remember that video. It's on YouTube somewhere. Sorry, carry on, Cal. You're midfield. jeez. I'm, uh, oh, I'm going
0: to miss some doubt okay? here. I'm going to have a left wing back. That's going to be David Robertson. Right, OK, aye, yep. Um, right wing back, just to be mental, I'm going to put Andy McLaren. you will not thank me for that, but I'll have Andy in the right wing back slot.
1: What are you to play for Hearts and Rangers?
2: Uh, no, and, Andy uh, McLaren is Dundee United, uh, oh, United.
0: Andy McLaren, I suppose, Alan McLaren, aye, Actually, right, mean. um, Right, midfield, <laughs> this, is, this is harder than you think. Uh, midfield, Yanni Lindbergh, former Morton, he's got to go in, former Finnish international. I'm going to put Yanni in midfield, and I'm going to put Yanni in with Derek Young. I'm going to put Derek in midfield as well. Uh oh, Jesus just, this is torture, I'm telling you. Um
1: oh, I, I've got w I have got i am thinking of someone that I thought you'd be including as well in the midfield. Mm-hmm. That's associated with your club.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna go Michael Michael Titzer as
1: well. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh mind you Michael for him as a manager.
0: Mm-hmm. So um that would be my midfield three uh Tiv Titzer, Lindbergh and Derek Young. And then I'm left with two strikers um, which is Jesus oh, this is going to be this is going to be difficult. Uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe Harper's got to be yeah. up front. it has got to have Joe Harper absolute legend up front yeah, and yeah. Joe Harper will be partnered by who's Joe going to be partnered by?
2: Hugh Keevans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alistair <L>. Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm going to partner with this guy because I've said this before on other podcasts and I've said this before and then it's asked me, Christian Naddy, because Christian, um, he agreed to do an interview with me when I had zero interviews behind me. I had eight followers on Twitter and I was largely anonymous. So Christian Naddy's got to be in. Ah, And manager?
2: Craig Brown. Craig Brown. Yeah. So,
1: no. Right. No, David Hopkin in the midfield. I surprised that that one. Uh,
2: well, geez, I, I thought have... you could it to be fair. <laughs> sure.
0: um, uh, right, well, uh, I was going to say remove Derek Young, but I can't remove Derek. He's a good guy, so I'm keeping Derek <laughs> in. But um, David Hopkin can assist Craig Brown. Good. Good. Aber- yeah. I like
1: that. there's a good Aberdeen um,
0: contingent in there as well, which is good. You've got better
2: Aberdeen connections than me not I'm, happy with this.
0: <laughs> i'm going to have alistair campbell as the head of media of course <laughs> I'll have richard golden doing the club's tv channel yes and uh Maguire, Maguire, he can be in charge of football finance for me Ideal. that
1: was good,
0: <laughs> good put in the spot again you've done well there
2: that was good yeah no you did very well um so yeah alistair campbell you talked you talked um briefly before we came on um so how did you get in touch with Alistair in the first place? Because this was obviously before CFB, From reading your story, right? Yes.
0: So basically, um, my mum was the person who got in touch with Alistair Campbell. Not very cool, is it? Um, basically, I was really struggling mentally last year with anxiety. Um had a complete breakdown, if I'm honest with you, which is something that was absolutely terrifying. Um, something I've never experienced before um, to that extent. I've had anxiety on and off for many years, but never had a proper meltdown with it until last sort of August, September time. Um, And she reached out to Alistair Campbell, who sent me a lovely birthday message um, just saying, look, Callum, I hear you're a a fellow mental health guy, you're a fellow people's vote guy. Um, Sorry for getting political. Um, And basically said... All the best. My son's also called Callum and I would like to send you a signed book um, Saturday Bloody Saturday because it's got lots of Scottish football um, references in it and um, he said, I'll do that for you. Um, I started CFB and I contacted him and I said, thanks for all your help. I'm doing going to do this podcast, Football CFB. And he said to me, right, um, here's my phone number and I'll send the book. And he sent the book to Callum good luck with the blog and the podcast. I wish you nothing but success, signed Alistair Campbell. And then he said, when, I, when, I, when things calmed down for me, because obviously at this point he was doing a lot of work in the background with the people's vote and trying the campaign against Brexit, etc. Um, so he was very busy. But he said, when everything calms down, we'll do it face to face. And he actually the most surreal moment for me was, I got a text when I was down in Chester. I went down on the Friday night from Alistair Campbell saying, are you free on Sunday? <laughs> I thought, what is going on here? And I said oh, to him, I'm sorry, I'm down in Chester. I'll be back on Sunday. Um, what's up? He says, well, I'm in Glasgow on Sunday. Would love to have met up with you and done the podcast or just had a coffee. Um, but the times didn't clash by the time I had... Um, I was coming home. He was getting back, so we did did the podcast over Facetime, uh, so on Skype, as you know, and um, put that on Twitter and uh, um, YouTube podcast form, which has been great. And we're going to meet up to to do a podcast face to face, and hopefully even maybe even go to a Burnley game and maybe do that as a sort of podcast or, or or vlog type thing. Because as I say, he's been a great supporter of me through the mental health stuff, and and since I've started this, and um, some of the stories he can tell, obviously, are just unbelievable. I love how he said that he picked Tony Blair over Gordon Brown as a footballer. I, I think Gordon would disagree with that. I don't know why, mm. but I just imagine Gordon Brown being a sort of defensive midfielder that breaks the play up, like a, a sort of Chopper Harris type guy.
2: <laughs> yeah, big Wraith Rovers fan, um, Gordon Brown. But uh, no, that's good that alistair has been no so supportive. Um, as you say, you started this in January. Um, We're obviously envious because, well, Chris and John have been doing this for nine years. I've been part of it um, since uh, 2016. We're not even on the chart. You're in the top six. What's your secret? I think the, when I started, um, it was Daniel G and Phil Brown who
0: does a podcast for America and work for NBC and Daniel's a sports lawyer, as you know. And Basically, I wrote to those guys as well as Alistair Campbell. My mum got in contact with Alistair, but I wrote to those two guys saying, look, I've been struggling a lot recently. Um, your book and your podcasts have really kept me going. Thank you so much for everything you're doing and you don't know how much it's helping me. Um, so you send an email to someone, and you think you'll never hear anything back from them. And both of them, weirdly, they, they, they know each other, but they don't know each other well in a sense that like they're good pals. I mean. Both of them replied mm-hmm. saying, thanks for the email, we'd love to give you a call. So they called me and um, spoke football with me, spoke about how you feeling, feeling, et etc, etc, if we can help you move well. Um, and they both said, your knowledge and love of football just is screaming out, why are you not doing something with us? so I explained to them the, the story i probably told you guys in the podcast before so I'll keep it short wanted to be a sports journalist worked sports media had the grades to do it everyone around me said if you don't know anyone pack it in you'll get nowhere so I did I parked it and just went down the teaching route because I'm passionate about that as well but after the year I had and spoken to those two guys I thought you know I'm going to go for this so set it up thought call it football CFB I've been in primary school recently doing some talks on CFB and the kids always say oh what does CFB stand for and I wish I could give them something exciting or cool. I, I don't know. I, I said to them, "It's Callum's football blog." I says, "You're all." They all look at you, disappointed. I said, <laughs> "I said you are you guys are going to need to invent something cool that I can tell people because <laughs> I think a lot of people think it's going to be something properly interesting, but sadly it's not." Um, but no, and t- to answer your question, how it's been doing so well, I don't know. I think what I'm trying to, what I'm hoping shines through is. I love football. I love football across all levels, whether that's the premier, Premiership in Scotland or the Lowland League, the Highland League, whether that's the Premier League of Champions League, whatever it is, I just love football. And My football upbringing is strange. I grew up a Celtic fan. Um, my dad's a Rangers fan. I was a Rangers fan, but that's how they passed away when I was 14. The first football strip I was ever bought was a Rangers strip with my poist on the back. My mum refused to let me wear it. my mum and dad split up when I was two so you can probably understand why (laughs) my mum's side of the family are all Celtic they're all Rangers, my dad's side so basically he kept that strip in his drawer and sadly passed away in 2010 when I was 14 and um, even when uh, when he died in his top drawer he always kept that Ranger strip in in his drawer which I never got to wear and (laughs) and that sounds terrible (laughs) thankful I never got to wear because as I say I, I grew up in a Celtic support family but the reason I have a love for Morton, and I have two teams, which a lot of people deride, and according to Morton fans, you can never be a true Morton fan, and then according to some Celtic fans, you can never be a true Celtic fan because of the situation. So basically, my dad was never going to take me to Rangers games. Sorry, sorry. My dad was never going to take me to Celtic games, and I was certainly never going to go to Rangers games because my mum wouldn't allow it. I swallowed rubbish. So, <laughs> she's just made she just made an entrance there. Oh, um, no. So, basically, she says that, but it's true. So, she was never going to let me go to Rangers games. He was certainly never going to go anywhere near Celtic Park. So, we had a problem there in the sense that I love football. My dad loves football. As I say, my, mother, my dad has split up. So, didn't have regular contact with him until I got to kind of primary six or seven. And then, we had a bond there because, as I say, what do you do? I'm set, brought up Celtic grew up idolised, Henrik Larson, Paul, Paul Lambert, Lubo Moravchik, Chris Sutton, not you, not you name it. He's obviously grown up there, idolising the likes of Cindy Jardin, uh, Brian Lowdrop, Paul Gascoigne, Ali McCoy. So it was two ultimate clashes. So Morton brought us together because that was a club we could go to and have no, no um, arguments, no tribalism. So with, I've had season tickets at Morton since I was younger. I'm not going to lie to your listeners, I've had Celtic season tickets as well. And to be honest with you, I buy a Celtic season ticket every year and I buy a Morton season ticket every year to try and put money into both clubs because both clubs mean an awful lot to me. Now, to people who listen to this and to people that ask me, to understand the idea that you can't support two teams. I understand the idea that you're either a plastic Celtic fan or a kiddie on Morton fan. I get it. People, people come after me on on, on forums, etc. Some of the abuse I've had since I started CFB from elements of, um, of certain fans. I get it. I can take it. I understand the, oh, you don't actually like Morton, you would sell us down the river. If that's what they want to believe, that's fine. I get it. But both clubs genuinely do mean a lot to me. Um, my mum's taken me to Morton Games. Cousins, uncles, have had season tickets there. The first real year where I didn't miss a single game was 2006-7, when we were wearing the the stripes instead of the hoops in the second division. When Paul McGowan came on loan, <laughs> and what a season that was! Um, absolutely incredible. Now I realise I went off on a tangent there, so to get back to your your question, sorry. Um, how it's doing, right. How it's doing so well? I think. Trying to trying to analyse yourself is always kind of awkward and hard, but I think my, my kind of selling point, if you will, for want of a better phrase, is to let the guests speak. And my approach is I'm not a journalist. Um, I'm, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't claim to be. There's guys out there and women out there who have got the qualification and done the hard yards to say they are a qualified journalist, so I'm not that. Um, but what I am is a passionate football fan who... Is, as I say, as an educator, so I, I, I like to think that I've got a way with, with words, whether that be writing or broadcasting, that can at least sound coherent and make sense. So I try, my approach basically is any guest that I'm lucky enough to get on, I tell I, I do my research on them extensively, I let them speak, and, and the one promise I make any guest who comes on the podcast is I'm not trying to generate a headline from you and that doesn't mean I won't ask tough questions if you listen to the Michael Tidson interview I ask Michael do you regret leaving Morton and I also ask him why on earth did you join Falkirk when they were relegated to League One and again it's not about creating a headline but if there's a hard question to be asked I do try and ask it and in terms of the charts um, to answer your question how, how did I don't know I think um, the support out there you guys especially um, just the support out there from so many has been incredible um, across the world some of the places the podcast has been listened to is bizarre Ghana Vietnam um, I reached the, the top six podcasts in Poland which was bizarre I was in the top 20 podcast chart in Italy after interviewing Roger Mitchell which maybe makes a bit more sense because um, he's based there but even still I go Italy how on earth um, in terms of emails i've had from people it's been incredible there's a guy who follows me from america who supports Rafe rovers and he's not an expert or anything he just loves Rafe rovers i don't i can't his name's um steve and basically he got in touch and just said look absolutely love um scottish football stuff just came across your stuff randomly on twitter i gave it a go and i love it Um and some of the and again there's been so many emails and so many uh, messages that has been incredible and i can't thank everybody enough in terms of cfb um as i say the, the boring answer is the approach is to let the guests speak do my research and only really speak when i'm needed to because i'm very honest and open to say that people don't listen to football cfb for me they never have and they never will they listen for the guests the guests are the stars if i can help produce a good interview that t- 10 people find listenable then I've done my job and I can I can be very happy with that so to answer your question enthusiasm, research <laughs> and only speaking when totally needed because as I say I, I know people don't want to listen to me draw on for another because uh, oh, let's be honest I'm not that interested you, you spoke about
1: uh, obviously the Celtic heroes in terms of loss and the like who's your Morton heroes then?
0: Morton hero um, which Again, in the history of the club, grand scheme of things, he was only there for a year and a half. Andy McLaren, pleasure at interviewing him. The reason I say that is Andy scored the corner at Capelo when I was about seven eight years old. And that's one of the first times I've watched a live game and thought, wow, I have never seen that before. I'd watched beat at Celtic Park. I went to my first Celtic game when I was five against St Johnston, November 2000. We won 4-1. And incredible moment. Maravchik's playing, Larson's playing, you're watching one of the, the best teams to look back on in the last 20 years in Scotland, but I'd never seen, for the for the brilliance of Larson Maravchik, etc, I'd never pe- seen a player score direct from a corner until I saw Andy McLaren do that and when I, and, and I, I spoke to him about it the podcast that was a real wow moment for me and and again, in the grand scheme of things, I know Andy wasn't at Morton for long and in terms of saying he's, he's my role model for Morton, people will laugh, but in terms of role models for Morton, to be fair, that make sense and, and people can get behind too, I would say are Chris Miller and Jim McAllister. You guys said earlier you'd like to talk about Scottish Cup at some point and St Johnston winning the Scottish Cup means an awful lot to me, which sounds daft and I'm not claiming to be a St Johnston fan before people on their forums start giving me a hard time. <laughs> um, the reason is because of Chris Miller. Chris stays next door to um, my girlfriend one of my girlfriend's relations and in Greenock and he lived there when he played for St Johnston. and having met him when I was a kid at Morton he signed a match programme and things just watching his progress to see a guy from Greenock who some of my family members know quite well and to see someone who worked his socks off to get where he got to in football and then won the Scottish Cup is one of my favourite cup moments because as I say he's a local guy someone who I know, no claiming to know him as in being best pals with him, but I've spoken to him several times over the years and he's got a lovely family and he's just a great guy. So I would say Chris Miller and Jim McAllister are, are the two that obviously have been at Morton long term, but as I say, Andy McLaren's always gets place in my heart for, for giving me that first trio. Unbelievable. I have never seen that before moment. Is that your favourite moment then, watching Morton? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to go against that. My favourite moment watching Morton was the uh, three-one victory in the cup against Kilmarnock Chris Templeman scored the goals on the, uh, on in the, the game again the season with the stripes. So again, it was a really memorable season that one. Um, Chris Templeman, big guy as we know, but he'd, uh, he had the 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 trickery of a check of a loud that day. at Kapolo. he was he was he was honestly a man possessed. He was brilliant and that game will always be remembered because Kilmarnock were a team who were obviously in the top flight they were wearing their yellow kit that day if I remember right the guys like obviously Gary Hay who played for the club for Donkeys years, really good solid player and and that day the guys uh, like Gary Hay etc just couldn't cope with more and, and that was one of my 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 favourite moments because I just remember the crowd that day. I remember having to get down to Smiths, which is a local kind of sportswear shop and Greenock to get my ticket. My mum took me down, and and honestly, it was, I'm sure it was all ticket. Which for Morton, obviously, is let's be honest, it's kind of rare. You can, those days, you just got pay your money at the gate and go in. Um, still happens quite a lot now, as you know. But it was all ticket, and honestly, it was just absolutely amazing. It's one of the one of the one of the best games of football I've ever watched live Because the atmosphere was brilliant I was sitting in the stand that day, not the cowshed. shed um, Actually, just because, as I say, it was all ticket And it was selling quite quickly There was a massive crowd there And, and it was just unbelievable And, and my, my wee cousin Jack actually got on sports scene With the highlights at the end He was dancing around like a loony behind the goal nice. After, um, after, after um, one of the goal I think it was the second goal And uh, it was just absolutely incredible So... We always wind him up about that because he's uh, 22 now, but he's dancing around in that in that clip-on sports scene as if he like, moves like Jagger or something. you know what I mean? <laughs>
2: it's just,
0: so we wind him up about it, um, which is funny. So I would say that's my favourite memory uh, with Morton just because, as I say, it was just an incredible day and big Chris Templeman. I'd love to have him in the podcast just to talk about mm-hmm. that with him because, as I say, he was a man possessed that day. He had, uh, he had the... the the drive of the drive of Loudrup the skills of Larson and he was just absolutely brilliant
1: so Scottish Cup final to play Morton
0: which end are you in? <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> right, you're, you're just trying to get me more abuse aren't you? <laughs> um, I'd stay at home
1: stay at home aye actually, exactly. I, I've been asked before if <laughs> I've already played Talbot in the Cup what would I do? Would I do? and I've said we'll probably like Half my, fa- my family would disown me, I think. So I would probably just be like, aye, I just would stay at home. I don't know what I'd do.
0: As am. I say, it's, it's, it's one that I understand people have a lot of kind of strange things with. They go, Celtic, Morton, blah, blah, blah. But as I say, for me, I say this to people a lot. It's like, aye, I totally understand the 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 the, the offence it causes people Like people go oh you can't do that blah 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 and I get it but as I say for me it's normal because of the upbringing I had and the kind of unique nature of my upbringing so to me it's normal I totally understand ninety five percent of people that go that guy's a loony, he's a clown but to me it's I normal I I
1: think you're just being honest about it though I think there's a lot of people probably in similar situations whereby maybe there's a divide in terms of who parents support and Kids end up maybe supporting a couple of different teams and follow different teams. But um, mm-hmm. just you being honest about it. Yeah.
2: So, so what was your reaction when Morton beat Celtic at um, Parkhead in twenty thirteen? Um, it's one of
0: those. Was ones... it tears of
2: was it tears of joy and um, despair?
0: I'll be honest with you. I pride in the sense that it was an incredible moment for Morton. It's an incredible moment for the club. Um, one of the, <laughs> controversial Probably one of the worst Morton teams in, in recent years And they, they won at Celtic Park In a team featuring uh, Van Dyke So it was it was something that Obviously Dougie Henry's goal It's something that's always talked about But one of the men's pride in the sense that Because of the nature of upbringing, bringing I know so many people who are, you would call Real die-hard Malton fans Guys like Alan Coyle, John Morrison um, just to name two Who go to every single game possible Supported the club through thick and thin Saved the ton campaign Been there, wore the t-shirt Helped save the club And for guys like that Who I know really well It was an incredible moment And the reason I say that And people say Oh, I'm Ains Pride Or whatever You can't support Celtic You're a, you're a clown I would say Well, you got to understand it this way That victory for Morton against Celtic Is one of the very few They've maybe had over Celtic in, in the history of the club and for Morton, that's something they'll always talk about. Whereas, let's be honest, if Celtic won that game 4 0, it'd be a routine game that would never be mentioned in the history of Celtic ever again.
2: Yeah, it's weird because um, you went at Celtic Park that season. I say you as a Morton. Um, the previous season, you weren't far from promotion, but yeah, you ended the ended the season getting relegated under Kenny Shields and lost the last game, um, conceding 10 goals, which we was spoke last time, so we won't go into it again. I mean, just, how did it, uh, I mean, what was the reason it went so bad in your opinion? Because um, Al Moore obviously went from nearly taking you into the top fight to lose his job six months later. I think the problem, you 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 guys know this, you watch a lot of football. You've been
0: watching football a lot longer than me. See when you do so well. Is it where a club, Jim Duffy kind of suffered for this at Morton? See when you finish second in the league. See the next season if you have a natural dip. People won't. People won't give you the time they would have once given you because expectations change. Football fans, we all know. We're football fans ourselves, we know what it's like. You get caught up in the emotion of it all, and finishing second to or finishing. Yeah, as I say, close to a really good Parthick Thistle team that year for Alan Moore would have been hard to take. I recently spoke to Martin Hardy and he basically said the same, he went look, see that season we challenged for promotion, we couldn't have given any more, Michael Kidster said the same, we gave everything, so I think the natural disappointment that comes with missing out on promotion in such a fashion, maybe caught up with the players and the management team and that hangover just kind of continued into Kenny Shields coming in and I probably never get Kenny Shields on the podcast for saying this, but Kenny Shields' reign at Morton was just an absolute disaster from start to finish. He, he didn't inspire the team. Some of the most boring games of football I've ever watched. And to be honest with you, having spoken to to a, to a few people who played under him at Morton, it just I don't think I just think towards the end I don't think really the enthusiasm or the ideas to turn it around.
1: I think the thing as well with something like that you're talking about all the change from one season to the other. As much as Warren's a habit, losing and becomes a habit as well. Oh,
0: absolutely. Mm-hmm. We it's it. a hard,
1: hard one to get with.
0: Finding mean, part. I Even
1: mean, there's been, was it? Okay, breaking the likes. Absolutely. Cold beef, different things like that. Going down
2: the legs. No, they We've seen that a few things as quick as they go up. Mm-hmm. For yeah. that,
1: I think you'll get to see Morton in the the top flight anytime soon.
0: Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably more optimistic now than I, than I have been in, in many years, I think, um, I'm not just saying this because I've interviewed him a few times, but I think David Hopkins is, is a, a top manager at Championship level in Scotland, I think he's he's a manager who worked wonders at Livy, and the one thing that he said to me and he said to the fans is, look yes, I understand when I came in at the start of the season, people go, oh, Hopkins is going to do a Livy, he's going to get us up, but it takes time, people forget that he was relegated with Livy, and um, to League One before they then could have the time and the patience to, to build a team to get those promotions. So, this season's been good. Um, it started off in a disappointing fashion. David would say that himself. Lost five nothing up at Inverness, which was was tough. Lost the first game of the season four two. Air, for instance. But since the the, the Arbroath win in the fourth of January, the, the the momentum has been has been brilliant. Um, it's been it's been really good. Getting be up at Inverness two in the last minute was, was a gutter. Um, but I think the season finishing at the time it has, if the season does come back, for me, if the season was continued now, I think David Hopkins would be looking to get as many points as he can and build momentum for, for, for next season. The challenge, though, for Morton going forward is can they keep the best players? You've got Lewis Strapp signed in a good few years in a deal, but so's three Lyons, two, two quality young players. But Nicky Carden's out of contract in the summer. He's been brilliant. Aidan Nesbitt's out of contract in the summer. So if you can't keep guys like that, who have been instrumental to the success we've had since the turn of the new year, then realistically, are we going to improve and are we going to challenge for the, the playoffs or promotion? Then maybe not. But I think if we can keep those players add a couple more quality additions, then I don't see why Morton couldn't challenge for promotion next season. Now, yeah. I'm not saying that's going to be automatic, because you could you could, and I stress could, have hearts in the league, um, and if they do come down, they're going to have an incredibly big budget compared to to, to likes of Morton, but I think playoffs is realistic. I think, well, going by what's been said today, it's
1: looking increasingly likely that the is not going to finish. That seems to be yeah. what's getting discussed now. When the SFA are in talks, of lawyers about how they, they treat that season. Um, I know we've seen the situation. It was non-league football down south whereby they are declaring the season now and void. <laughs> Who knows what will happen? But the, the situation with players as well there's a lot of uncertainty with players as well in terms of if they are out of contract in terms. Can of I just
0: clubs. add in, in that kind of null and void down south. I've spoken this week to Danny Granger, who I've had in the podcast, and I'm going to be speaking to the managers of the Team South Shields. They are 13 points clear at the top of their league, and they are going to be promoted to what is the National League North. That's going to be taken away from them now because of this null and void situation. Now, I understand people say, I will tough. It's, it's null and void over it. But for teams like that, who have worked their socks off all season, to now be told it's null and void it's just a kick in the teeth. You look in Scotland, if we kept the leagues the same and we don't reconstruct, Dundee United been kept in the Championship despite being 17 points clear. The Cove rangers in League 2 where the season they've had having to stay in that league despite the fact they've, they've worked their socks off. Would be would be quite sad to see. But again, on the other hand, it's going to upset everyone no matter what decisions made. You've got the situation with Celtic and Rangers. That's obviously west of Scotland and Scotland as a whole. That's going to cause
2: carnage
0: mm-hmm. regardless. And then you've got the situation with Falkirk and Wraith where if you declare league winners now Falkirk got a point behind race and again I don't imagine Falkirk would be taking that lightly because if they're stuck in league one for another season when they could have won the league again that's going to cause legal ramifications my main worry is broadcasters if if the season ends null and void are Sky and BT going to take their money back I don't know I'm not saying they would but they've got every right to which worries me
2: yeah, I mean, we all, I think the word that we used a few weeks ago when all this started happening was legal minefield. Um, yeah. It's just its just um, no matter what happens. This is where I've got um, a bit of sympathy with the authorities. But the problem that we've got um, is that the SPFL board, and I've always said this, um, it should be made of people who are wholly independent, who are not associated with clubs. Um, and that was something that Roger Mitchell agreed with. Um, but... What we've got is that you've got people on the board, so I can't remember exactly what clubs, but um, everyone's got to go have their own agenda and there's been too many people mouthing off in the media about what's going to happen. Uh, Anne Budge has been very um, vocal on it. Um, she's actually a person that's went down in my estimations in recent weeks, um, given other events. But um, I think, you know, the null and void thing just... I, I don't know if people are, are reading into... The thing happened non-league. Oh, it's easy to do because it's just non-league. But as you mentioned, there's a team looking to go up to National League North. That's a that's a lot for a team like that. Um, and similarly in Scotland, you know, are they going to declare null and void in the Lowland League? So Celtic don't get a chance of promotion. Broader Rangers, who have just been declared champions in the Hell League, don't get a chance of promotion. And, and um survive another season after being rotten all season. It's just, um, yeah, it's... I don't know what the best way forward. I wouldn't want to be in that um boardroom but I think um the club's making statements left, right and centre, um is is not on at this time. Um what is more important is that clubs survive and you've got a few teams who are doing the just giving pages just now. Um I see Wraith Rovers have raised forty one thousand. Albion Rovers nearly seven grand of a seven and a half grand uh, target. That's encouraging to see but you know, just name and
1: see what happens it's... i think we spoke last week about how this is affecting not just obviously scotland it's affecting everyone in the world and there's barcelona i mean, players up their players are taking a 70 percent pay cut now i know that doesn't seem like it's a big deal because they get paid loads of money and all that but it does show that it's affecting no matter what level of football you're just having to be some kind of cutbacks but going into talking about reconstruction whether that's an option or not i don't know We've obviously been talking recently about the pyramid system below and the non-league and all that type of thing. It looks like well, it's getting a bit clearer um, with what's happening that season. So something we'd kind of spoken about before was the junior clubs and if they were going to go up the leagues, would they still get to play in the junior cup? Would that be an option? That seems to be what's going to happen now. Um, that the overwhelming consensus, um, Trun Football Club, they've... We released something earlier today, which explains it pretty well. So there's a lot of clubs have applied for this new Western League going the Proviso to get to play in the Junior Cup. Um, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, because it's maybe a case of, well, can you be a senior team but also retain your, your junior status as such. But that's always been part of the agreements. We know now the deadline for entries is extended to next Tuesday, um, which will tie in well with our guest that we've got on next week, um, who's a manager in the juniors but we've got 54-plus teams from the junior league signing a declaration to move across. So the concern is still what's going to happen with the actual junior game. I think that's going to be the big thing. Um, and if teams don't elect to pit, join this league, they're effectively looking like they're going to have to form a new league. Um, the other thing we know in terms of who's going to run the league, it's going to be run really by the Lowland League um, with help from people in the east of Scotland and South of leagues just now as well. So mm-hmm. be interesting to see what happens. there'll um, be conferences set up as well and depending on how many leagues there are. The the situation I'm confused about still um, and it's confusing just now, is be anyway be the, the Loner League and the, the leagues below is for example, there's gonna now be a three way playoff that they're talking about which would then see who then goes into the, the Loner League. How they're going to work that out, I don't know. Um, and then you've got the situation where by the team at the bottom the lone league, what league they go into, and it's going to end up lopsided and all that type of thing. I personally, and we've spoken about this before, about preservation. I think it should just be then if they're going to do this, have all three winners go into the lone league, and then the bottom two or three, whatever, from the lone league, go into their respective leagues. But how they're going to work that
2: out, I don't know. But, like that. Yeah, it's um, it's just not everything else, it's something there um, I know the jun- juniors are keen to um, getting answers to um, where, they, where they need to be but it just a lot of it, as, I, as I said before, it just seems to be rushed um, almost, but as you say, the trend website um, made it slightly clearer. Yeah,
1: because the big thing at the moment with the juniors is if the junior cop's getting played, if there's a a postponement or a replay needed that needs to be played the following Saturday, whereas with the, the teams going into this pyramid system, the Junior Cup obviously won't take present because it'll be effectively a different tournament to the teams are playing in, or a different setup. Um, so you end up with, uh, that could cause fit fit-struck congestion in the juniors if the juniors are still going to remain in some form, which I think it will. Um, but then also in the low, this whole new pyramid system, it's not just junior clubs that are going to be invited to play in it. There's amateur teams and stuff like that that have applied to play as well in it. So definitely interesting. But as I say, hopefully next week as well, we'll have maybe a bit more information. And we've got um, double manager on as well, Mick Kennedy, to, mm-hmm. to talk about what their position is as well and stuff like that. So...
2: Yeah, that'll be good to I mean, We've had obviously a few people from uh, the juniors on here before and it, it's, it's, it's refreshing to have guys like that because it's not just about the senior game, it's about all levels in Scottish football.
1: Yeah. Um, but you're talking the other dates in the, the diary just now. Mid-April is when the conference setup is expected to be confirmed. Start of May is when the league proposal goes to the SFA for review. And then the start of June is where there's a, an AGM to get approval. So it doesn't, well, we don't know when this season or, is going to start, but it doesn't leave too much time to get things sorted. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, uh, you would think it's going to get approval, but you never know.
2: Yeah, One thing that's been good recently um, in the, um, the absence of football is that you've seen um, a few club channels and YouTube channels um, putting on retro games and Sports Scene obviously um, started um, their Scottish Cup um, throwbacks said the Mullow United game uh, from 91 which in my opinion was the um, the best Scottish Cup final all time certainly in my lifetime anyway I've, um, from Cup Finals I've watched since 1990 um, that was just a superb game well Calum you obviously that was a good few years before you were born but um, what did you think when you've um, I, I take it you've watched that since and um, can you appreciate how good a game that was? Um, yes, to be honest with you,
0: for me I thought it was, a, it was it's one of the best games of football in Scotland and, and one of the best Scottish Cup finals ever, let's be honest, I thought I really enjoyed watching it last night, seeing Jim McAnally's mullet was brilliant, um, <laughs> I also enjoyed seeing like likes of Duncan Ferguson, Billy McKinley guys who you know from being coaches and managers and, 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 and maybe players at different clubs latterly, um, it was fascinating as well, and and just, like, Tom Boyd, I've, I've met Tom a couple of times, and, and he was so fresh-faced <laughs> back then, do you know what I mean? And, and to see him winning the Cup with Motherwell was, was brilliant. Um, I think it was, in terms of Scottish Cup finals, it, it would make my top five, I've given a wee top five. Motherwell uh, 4, Dundee United 3 would be my number five. 4 would be St Johnston 2. Um, Dundee United 0 because of Chris Miller I think that story just amazing. amazing I was at the Scottish Cup final where Celtic beat them Fairland, 1-0 through um, Doombie, um the most unlikeliest of goal scorers in Neil Lennon's last game um, my, my next door neighbour took me to that game so she did um, her and her, her um, husband which was just amazing um, to see that game at Hampden um, number two I'd say Hearts 5, Hibs 1 because Rudy Scatcho was incredible that day and I just thought his finals go, it was an incredible statement. And my number 1, mm-hmm. which is going to be controversial because I interviewed Mark Warburton today, is Hibs 3, Rangers 2 because I thought it was just one of the most bonkers games of Scottish football I have ever seen in David Gray's late winner, the Sunshine and Leith scenes after it. Everything about that game and the situation on the pitch was just absolutely bonkers, that's probably...
2: That's probably a throwback of a game that's happened in the modern era. Absolutely mental. Yeah, That Rangers-Hibs uh, game will be up there for a lot of reasons. Um, I mean, as a, as a neutral, um, and I always look at these cup finals as a neutral, I, I just thought that was a tremendous game of football. I mean, you had great dramas and- Great goals in the games, some incredible incidents, and then the drama at the end. Uh, the only thing that taints it, obviously, is the fact that the unsaved instance at the end, which meant yeah. the Hibs after the 114 years didn't get to, um, to, you know, do the parade around the pitch. That was that's the only thing that's really missing from the day, um, which was a shame. But it was just a tremendous cup final. And, um, that would be in my top three, Motherwood uh, mother United Walls being my number one unless Aberdeen win the cup again. Um but um the St. Joyce and the United game was a was a good one as well. A lot of people talk about the Hearts um Hibs game which obviously Sports scene showed on Friday night um as being a classic. I have never seen a more that was just such a one sided cup final. Um and I think the Hib, I think the player that summed up Hibbs' problems that day was um, the boy um, it was the left back they ended up getting Kujabi, I think his name was. Um, yep. And you could tell early on that this well for, uh, first of all it was him playing, uh, being five yards further back for Hibbs' defence that let Dan Barron uh, score the opening goal because he's put, playing everyone on side, um, and then he gets booked a minute later for a stupid tackle. He was lucky to be kept on the park um, getting into half time. And a good manager would have took him off at half time, but of course what happened was he kept him on, made a daft foul, which gave away a pill. It shouldn't have been a pill; it should be a free kick, but it's a booking in he's off. Um and Hearts just absolutely battered Hibbs that day. Um and yeah, Hibbs obviously had to wait another few years. I mean, imagine waiting so long for a Edinburgh Cup, all Edinburgh Cup final and it was just such a one sided game.
0: I agree, I think the thing though with that one sided game I see when you actually think of the players Hibs had, you'd like Paul Hanlon, James McPake, Louis Stevenson was still there and you think the front two like a Gary O'Connor and Lee Griffiths, they they should have done far better than mm-hmm. than they actually did. But I don't think Pat Fenlon was, was particularly great to be honest with you.
2: No, and I think they had too many players like Kijabi being um, obviously. obviously oh, mm-hmm. Too many too many players who who were just absolute passengers just were not good enough or for that club um, good John apart from um, 1990 what's the best uh, three cup finals um, oh, for for well
1: you? actually I can go back further my first game watching Aberdeen was in 1986 Scottish cup final um, the ah, season where the hearts okay. blew the double um, so I remember that um, John Hewitt, who was my, one of my early heroes scoring a double and then Billy Stark with a great diving header so it was that neutral yeah. ones I mean Dundee United Maribel, I think will always be in top three up there for most people i think i said before i spoke about it was it when scott was on i think maybe we had scott football yeah it. um just how in terms of the length of time that they've waited to win it and stuff like that and how they won it with the captain scoring um great there as well the other one uh, you know, I'd have to maybe come back to that but definitely
2: they two would be, would be the main ones I would say yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean I mentioned the St Johnson's United that was just a good game of football as well I mean I know St Johnson won 2-0 but you know United a couple of times hit the bar um, a free kick and St Johnson had a good few chances and it was just great for um, St Johnson you know, getting the first ever trophy um, that was another great story Um, the the fi- final, I find was a good final, but um, we don't want to talk about it, because um, we ended up in the, um, losing the end of it, and uh, we won't mention anyone. Thank goodness Chris isn't on to rub it in our faces again. <laughs> oh,
1: 2017? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that'll haunt us for a while, that one. And um, I don't, I, I, don't, I mean, that's the thing as well, was are we going to get a situation whereby the, the Scottish Cup's going to be completed it's going to be easier to complete the fact there's only three games but if the season's declared null and void that would surely include Everton league. and that yeah. cup also the league cup can of change because
2: it was, it was played in one but yeah, it's, it's a difficult win I mean it, it could well be that the Scottish Cup's done over a it could be a Scottish Cup Royal Rumble at Hamden Um <laughs> Um, when everyone's back out of quarantine um, <laughs> in fact, were Inverness winning
1: the cup was pretty good in terms of the time they've been going mm. um, I know obviously there's, there's people that would question whether the, the Inverness club in terms of support and all that two clubs merging and all that type of thing but aye, that was probably pretty special for them obviously
2: Yeah Inverness winning mm-hmm. Yeah I was pleased for them winning that day um, yeah, I'm gonna. Um, I've got a couple more quite fair questions for Calm before I end up wrapping up. Um, something that we always ask our guests: uh, what, what's been, what's your favourite away day? Oof, question.
0: Um, probably um, in terms of games, going to St Mirren Park when there's a Enfisher derby. I think it's just the atmosphere is absolutely. Tremendous um and the games themselves are normally quite quite tasty
1: And obviously as a teacher you'll be well behaved at that game
2: set example.
0: Of course, absolutely. No alcohol consumed at all. Yeah.
2: Um yeah, you say, <laughs> And that leads
0: Jordan next question maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah, you say tasty. Um so uh, what's your favourite beer?
0: Favourite beer, um, I would go with um, traditional Tennant's. My um, cider man, though, I like Somersby, I'm a cider man, but Tennant's is my favourite beer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and st- staying on um taste, uh, what's, what's your favourite um, food at the football? Um, champagne Socialist, so I would have
0: uh, steak pie. Nice.
2: And what ground is the best steak pie? It's
0: got to be Kalamak, isn't it? Kilmarnock pies are just the best pies in the world. The, the Brownings Bakers are kind of are doing uh, pies for Capolo now as well. So absolutely tremendous.
1: It's, see, um, I think you do a bit of work as well with Greenham Juniors, don't you?
0: Yes, yes. You know, I think their pies and the juniors are better than what you get in the seniors. Absolutely. Do you know who? This is, this is quite a sad observation. Derek Gray, the commentator, put up a picture of a game. Maybe that up north. And the juniors in the steak pie looked absolutely tremendous i can't can't remember where it was actually um but wherever it was i need to go because it just looked absolutely tremendous might have been up the kind of maybe aberdeen area or inverness but it looked absolutely tremendous they'd like, be right though the juniors do you know where's great for food at, again alawa alawa do like pie rolls and slice rolls and stuff absolutely tremendous because okay. the price as well like Capolo for a pie is what like two fifty three quid, whereas I it was like it was like a, a a pie roll and a can of juice for like two quid which I thought was just tremendous. Uh
1: the one I always say to I've Jordan Chris about and swear by it is that uh, Beef Juniors they do a Balmoral pie, a chicken and oh. haggis pie, it is tremendous. That sounds incredible. Um it, it's, it's that good that usually when Talbot go, people are buying two at a time. I've had I've seen I've seen someone once Ask if they could buy something to take home, <laughs> but they couldn't because they were all getting heated up. And they generally are run, they run out of them before the games even started. Uh, but they are superb. I'll, I'll send a picture of one to John to, show, to send to you uh, so you can see. I um, tremendous. Uh, when I said the seniors, are generally going to have a pie. Most of them are pretty poor. Yeah.
2: I think the last time I was at a game, I didn't even buy any food. So, I that would be the... I'd uh,
1: kill
2: again. Yeah, um, yeah. I think because I'd had one last time, I thought I couldn't bother with that last one. Um, it's gosh, the prices yeah, that annoy me, so... the seniors. Yeah. The prices
0: um... are... Food is just disgraceful. It's like it just annoys me in terms of like It's Celtic Park, like a hamburger is like 450 and You just go, who's paying that for a crappy hamburger? Like it's just nonsense. You think if you're getting people into the ground, I know they just want to make their money, but see if you make it affordable, people with their kids especially will actually want to eat at the ground. Whereas when you price it like that, you'll you'll eat before you go, or you'll uh, stop at and maybe a, a chippy or. Or a, a takeaway shop and you walk to the ground or something. Because it's just obscene. For the standard of stuff, as you've said as well, some of the pies, etc. It's, some of the prices are just obscene.
1: Aye, definitely. And another thing, my son's vegetarian and he actually struggles to get food at a football game quite often. In terms of, put, like, I think it, rugby park, ran out of macaroni pies, and there was no other option. You'd think they'd have chips or something like that. Something different. But vegetarian options are not that great at the football. That's me, well, sure if people are listening it's in catering into football that's what you need to do is expand on their their variety
2: yeah definitely I would say so um, you know like pizza surely
1: pizza would say out of football absolutely I think I've seen it at Hibs I think Hibs do pizza I'm pretty sure <laughs> well I remember slices um, on. Um, I I've seen that yeah.
2: on. well I remember Celtic Park did a um, a pizza slice um, it was, it was when I, I was at Scotland Austria game in 97 Kevin Gallagher scored one of the best goals I've seen live um, but I'm digressing a bit but yeah I, I bought a pizza uh, that day and it just came out of the oven and it was still freezing but hopefully they've improved since 1997
1: yep, well it'll definitely be colder if you never ate it i sure. tried doing it obviously but <laughs> <at the time. laughs> yeah. we like our food the, we like talking about food at the football anyway
2: yeah, I'm still trying to get Rory Hamilton to, um, you know, pitch the idea to these BT guys. Oh, from, um,
1: yeah, for my TV show that I've been yeah, or to Premier
2: do. Sports. Um, yeah,
1: that something I've mentioned before, Carl, is I'd like to do a tour of round the world of football food.
2: That's a shout, by the way. That would be class.
1: I think it'd be good. Good good excuse to like see lots of games in different countries and all that type of thing, but I'm intrigued as to what they sell at different countries and different things like that. We've, we've covered that a wee bit in terms of folk that have been at like Scotland games or been at away games and in terms of European trips and
0: stuff like that. But I'll uh, tell like, you one of the weirdest things see in Greece. I remember um it's not a football one, but the the airport coming back, me and my pals and uh, you could buy like what they were calling a sausage roll, right? And it was basically like, imagine, like, see, like, a McDonald's apple pie, right? See that kind of sweet pastry? Right. That with, like, a hot dog in the middle of it, and the hot dog was, like, flapping around. Sorry for end it's disgusted by that. And it's a sweet <laughs> sweet pastry, totally covering this sort of hot dog-type sausage. And, as I say, there was no structure to it. one of my pals got it, and it was absolutely awful. You just think to yourself, who on earth... Is that aimed at who? That, who, who likes that? That's a big
1: bizarre. no from me. See, Mitch and sweet with savoury? Oh, no, don't even, don't, no, no, thank you. I've not got much of a sweet tooth anyway, but I don't want a sweet pie. <laughs> 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 uh, bye. Best football best, best food. Maybe going abroad, that was good. But a bratwurst and Kraku or spicy sauces. It was really good. Well presented. Well. Um, plus, you could obviously get a beer there as well. So, Where at? Where at? Uh, anything else you want to cover before we wrap up? We've done well. There's been no football, on we've done well in terms of the length of time we've been on.
2: Yeah, definitely, we've got through a lot, um, and we're going to need this um, to help get everyone get through the next uh, few weeks. Yes. Um, but, uh, first of all thanks very much for coming on Callum absolute
0: pleasure at any time guys as I said earlier on um, you guys have been a great supporter of me from the start so as I say long term whenever you want me on whether it's a, a couple of months time next year whatever just give me a shout and I'll always make sure I find the time
1: i ah, always right. welcome definitely um, but yeah we are thinking about maybe we might do some extra podcasts over the next few weeks due to current situation um, plus as well the number of guests we've got lined up and even just maybe doing some throwback things as well obviously so we covered a wee bit of Scottish Cup stuff tonight but there might be other stuff we might choose to cover maybe even do like get, we're looking to get more fans on certainly um, as well to talk about maybe their experience of being a, a fan and, and how it's been so it's been good to have you on tonight Callum, as a fan of football um, and being the one being interviewed and listening to your experiences that way as well as obviously the stuff with the podcast I quite really? enjoy that
0: no, thank you. I'm glad. As I say, I, I, I really enjoy um, just talking football. I could talk all night, as you know, so thank you very much. You
1: very much. Perfect. Um, so we we'll are definitely back, back next Monday, um, mm-hmm. and we might have an extra one next week. We'll see what happens. Um, but if not, we'll definitely have some extra podcasts in the next few weeks, extra content. And as we've always say, any um, tweet suggestions or anything like that, get in touch with us as well. Any feedback yeah. at all? So, yeah, oh. definitely. Yeah. Right. So cheers, guys. Cheers,
2: guys. Yeah, cheers, John. Cheers, Graham.
0: Cheers. cheers. cheers.